Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Tonight, I want to talk to you. I said tonight because I'm recording this at 9.26 p.m. on a Thursday night just so I can squeeze it in. I, I try to upload an episode. If this is your first time tuning in, I try to upload an episode uh, five days a week. Uh, and so Thursday night, squeezing it in, buzzer beater. Let's take a big inhale. And exhale through the mouth. Today I want to talk about three things. One is noticing the good. And I know that sounds cheesy, corny, absolutely, but I do have a tiny story behind it. And then two, I want to discuss the difference between positivity and optimism. Somebody talked about, you know, positive self-talk, and then I realized, oh, what's the difference between positive self self-talk and optimist and being optimist, you know, being uh, optimistic. I say, I can't even say the word. So I had to look that up and it will discuss that a bit. But I want to start off with a story. Uh, for some of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I go to Toastmasters uh, almost every Thursday. And Toastmasters is a place where uh, people go to learn how to public speak. And you're probably like, why? Are you, you have a podcast. You have over 500 uh, episodes or about 500 episodes. And you do stand-up. Why would you? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person who just likes to learn and get better. And to me, I view it as cross-training. Um, and plus, I love stories. I love great stories. So here's a story someone shared tonight that I thought was fascinating. He talked about how him and his friend grew up uh, playing sports, talking about girls, and building these awesome forts that had rooms and doors and levels. And, you know, uh, it, it was, they were just massive forts that they built together. And then in high school, uh, his friend graduates valedictorian, which means top of the class. And then he comes in at uh, second place. So we'll call the valedictorian Rick, and we'll call uh, my friend Bob. So Rick graduates valedictorian, top of the class, and then goes to a university, a pretty good university, where he becomes a major in economics, but then gets involved with some people who, um, you know, party a bit too hard. And when I say a party a bit too hard, meaning they get into meth. And so his friend who graduated valedictorian uh, and is majoring in economics is now doing meth. And so when Bob confronted him about it, Rick was like, ah, oh, it's just recreational, not a big deal. Well, cut to now Bob's dropped out of school and then Bob uh, but Bob is smart. He's a valedictorian. So he was able to flip a house and make uh, so much money, he kind of lost his purpose. He didn't know what to do with himself. You know, there's that adage of idle hands is the devil's workshop. And that was the case for Rick. He had so much money, he didn't know uh, 
what his North Star was anymore. And so he got deeper and deeper into meth and uh, got into some trouble, but then went to rehab, found God. Um, but even that wasn't enough. He somehow fell off the straight and narrow again, got arrested for some shenanigans. Um, but the judge, here's where the story is interesting. The judge says, I'll give you two years probation. And Rick says, I'm not going to survive out there. I need you to put me in jail. So the judge gives him five years in jail. Now, here's what's fascinating to me about that story is Rick recognized how powerful the effects of meth are, the pull is, the environment is, and felt so powerless against it, he chose to be in jail over being um, released. He didn't trust himself. He already knew what he was going to do if he got out of jail if he was released and, and back out into the public. He was going to use the money that he made from flipping houses and go buy more drugs. I bring this up to you to point out two things. One, meth is not a recreational drug, meaning people go from zero to 100 immediately. There's really no, you know, it's not like alcohol where someone has a few drinks and over time, over years, they start building up this uh, addiction. You start seeing the effects of it. It's usually, it, there's usually an incubation period of, of where you start to see the disastrous and calamitous effects of uh, drinking too much. But with meth, it seems to almost be immediate. There is no foreplay, so to speak. There is no, people don't have happy meth stories. Like you have fun drinking stories, but you don't have fun meth stories. Um, so that's one. So this idea that uh, it can be done recreationally, it doesn't, this, the research <laughs> uh, does not seem to support that. But the second part is, is I love that Rick is a person who is still clearly fighting for his sobriety. He's still fighting for his life. He's, and, and, and that path is going to be long and arduous and five years in prison. Some of us, some of you, including myself, we, we hit this, this place in our lives where We've been trying to do things on our own. We've been trying to self-propel ourselves forward through addiction, propel ourselves on our own through de depression, just trying to do things on our own self-will, trying to and, and, and also do things that make sense that everyone else is doing. Everybody else is like, go to rehab, find God, get a sponsor, yada, yada. And that works 
for I would say probably most people to go down the the typical path of <coughs> of sobriety or of success. Um, but for twenty percent of us, and this could be you, your path forward might look like no one else's. It may be the path that no one else has taken. Everybody else is going right, and you need to go left. And, it, and, and it's not going to make sense to other people. It's not going to be in any of the books. No one's going to recommend that you go down this path. This is something that in your heart you go, this is the direction I, I need to go. This is my way through. And it's going to be longer. It's going to be harder. It's going to be tougher, more challenging. But on the other side, there will be the you that you can look, you can look in the eye, that you can like, that you can appreciate, that you, that you go, oh, there you go. That's the person I like to hang out with that you can be proud of, that you can high-five. And, and let's be honest, it doesn't mean that you're going to make it through. I mean, we're, we're talking about Rick being in prison for five years. A lot of things can happen. Prison riots can break out. He can get into a fight with his, uh, his cellmate or you know some gang uprising. It, it, Rick may not make it out of there in five years, but... Rick is aware that this is this is the way that the way of uncertainty the the out the box thinking and so I ask you to explore your life and look at the options that have been presented to you and know that you may have to find your own creative solution your own creative alternative right, that gives you purpose, that, that gets you up and going. Um, there, there was a, a documentary I watched on this guy who was really struggling to find his purpose in life. You know, uh, he, was, he came from a nice home, and everybody was like, yeah, go to college. And he was like, man, that's not for me. And then he took a trip to Hawaii, learned how to surf, and then opened up a surfing school. It took, you know, it took him years to do it, but, uh, but not, not surfing, uh, scuba diving and became a wild success. Now that's not going to be in any books. No one's going to recommend skip college and teach scuba lessons in Hawaii. He had to find, he had to stumble his way forward, trust his gut and know that, yes, this is not for me. I don't know what is for me, but I'm willing to to explore and see and and swim in the sea of uncertainty. Right. And like I said, it doesn't mean you're going to make it out to the other side, but it may also save your life. I want to get into uh, so switching gears here, I want to talk about uh noticing the good i was driving to costco the other day and this truck in front of me had a bumper sticker 
Now, usually bumper stickers, and I don't know if this is your experience, they usually are pretty negative. They, or they're like they're political or they're trying to, you know, um, you know, let you know what they're pro or anti or, um, but this bumper sticker said, I hope something good happens to you. And I just remember reading that and my shoulders dropping and really feeling appreciated. Like, man, thank you. Like, I don't even know who the person was. I don't know what they look like, which in retrospect is funny because, you know, if the guy had cut me off or pissed me off, I'd be trying to pull up next to the person and and trying to figure out, you know, what they look like. But here this person sends me love and I'm just like, thank you in my head, you know, like I I don't want to know what they look like or anything. But anyway, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the day where now I notice that I'm scanning for good things. And and sure enough, somebody, uh, I'm driving and trying to merge and somebody lets me in. I'm like, oh, there's one good thing. And then I forget something else happened that day that was so good. Maybe it was like a message someone sent me. or, But the, but the other good thing was I was at Costco. That's where I was headed. And I had two items in my hand. Now, first of all, I obviously should not be in Costco with just two items, right? If you go there, you got to get the cart and should be walking out of there with like $200 worth of groceries. But anyway, I have two items. And this lady who was just starting to put her 1,000 items on a thing was like, hey, she noticed me and was like, hey, would you like to go in front? And I was like, thank you. And then I shared with her, I go, you know, this is the third good thing to happen to me today after I saw the, the bumper sticker. So what I'm saying is sometimes we notice what we're looking for. And this isn't to dismiss any pain you may be experiencing or any pressure that you're feeling. Um, but when we sometimes feel this narrowing of our options, of perspectives, if we can widen our scope to say, okay, all right, I've explored my, my grievances, my complaints, my, my pain, the pressure, but okay, and what good happened today? Can I scan for that just for a moment and then get back to my regularly scheduled program, right? Because we don't want the, 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 the scale to get too tilted in one direction or the other. Sometimes we can be too positive and sometimes, uh, you know, we can be too negative. And so it's not about being negative or positive. It's about making sure you have a balance there, uh, ensuring that we're seeing all of it. We're, we're, we're scanning out. And so, it, you know, if you go and you can pick any word and do this, you can say, okay, I'm going to notice uh, three silly things today, right? I mean, when was the last time you used the word silly? I mean, that just seems like, it's just like such a silly thing, right? To, to, to go through your day and look for three things that are silly um, or, or three things that um, are green. You could even look for a color. I hope you, you see three green things today, right? Um, but there are just so many things that we can look for because 
our brains are just naturally scanning for dangers, for threats, for issues, for problems. It's a way our brain keeps us alive. And so it's natural. If you're like, why is my brain always focused on the negative or spinning around? It's natural. Your brain is trying to keep you alive. It's trying to have you remember what caused you pain or pressure or grief or, you know, what tastes almost, what the, what, you know, what the plant looked like that, that was poisonous or that you were allergic to so that you don't do it again. So we actually have to be intentional about scanning for the things that worked well for us, that went in our favor, that was a blessing, that we're grateful for. Um, at Toastmasters, the one guy was talking about the ABCs of, of gratitude, and he said, be grateful uh, that you have a clear airway, be grateful that you can breathe, and be grateful for circulation. And I love that, the ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation. So true. I mean, these are things that, you know, usually I'm, I'm grateful that for Wi-Fi or Netflix or whatever. Um, so that brings me into the last the thing I want to highlight, which is the difference between uh, positive, being positive and being optimistic. And I, like I said, I, I, this is something I never really thought about. Being positive is focusing on all the good in your life, even when you're hitting some bumps in the road. Being optimistic is believing that good things, events will happen in your future regardless of of your present situation. So one is uh, about the present is more present tense. And then the other is future tense. And what I love is I, I had always kind of been like a bit, I have to admit, I've been a bit anti positivity, all positive. Um, but looking at this definition I love it because now when I go through my day, you know, I can either think about the things I'm grateful for or be, like this definition of positive is focusing on all the good in your life, even when you're hitting some bumps. So to focus on the things that are still working, that are operational, the fact that I can clap my hands or swallow without choking or, you know, you can, you know, be... Um, you know, focus on the things that that my car wasn't towed or that I made it home safely or that I have a nice pillow to lay my head on or I have access to running water. Um, those are positive things that are good in my life. Currently, I have a loving girlfriend, uh, a, 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 an embracing and accepting family. Uh, I have you, the listeners, tuning in. And sending me, once again, if you want to send me emails and messages, leoflowers2000 at gmail.com, uh, leoflowers2000 at gmail.com. Send me uh, topics, ideas, what you think about the podcast. I'd love to hear those. So those are all good things uh, in my life. And then optimism is believing that good things, events will happen in your future, regardless of the present. I mean, that's absolutely true. Because here's what's beautiful about optimism. It doesn't just have to be about your life specifically. You know, you can say, or we can say, 
we can say, hey, in the future, a father is going to hug his son. A family is going to sit down and have dinner together. A mother is going to teach her daughter how to play catch. Um, you know, a CEO is going to help, uh, is going to rescue a dog from a raging river, right? Like when we think about optimism and believing in good, good things and good events, we don't just have to focus on our life in the future. We can focus on the world and other people. Um, you know, technology is going to allow two people who um, uh, broke up uh, or, or got uh, separated, two siblings who got separated, to find each other 10 years later. Like, all those things are, are going to happen, and they do happen, and that's what's beautiful. So even if you don't believe that good things may happen to you, think about good things that can happen that will happen for your neighbor or for your friends or for the universe. All these, there's so many ways that we can zoom out instead of, of being so us-centric. So thank you for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other uh, international hotline numbers listed in the show notes. Um, you can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.